0: What's up, everybody? I'm Vaughn.
1: I'm Jenny.
0: Thanks for rocking with us.
1: And you're listening to...
0: Chameleon Love. What is chameleon love? Chameleon love stems from a conversation I had with my wife, just letting her know that my love for her will always change. It'll have to change in the season that she's in, in the time frame that she's in, no matter the situation that she's going through, my love has to adapt to her. Much like a chameleon adapts to their environment, they blend in. I have to make sure that I adapt to her love. I have to love her how she is. And as she continues to change, I'll have to continue to find ways to love her as she is in that particular time frame. That's chameleon love. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of chameleon love. Today's topic is going to be breaking generational curses. We all have these things in our family, in our past, that we want to be better than. Uh, Whether it was from our parents or whether it was from our grandparents, we all strive to be better than who our parents were, who our grandparents were, how they were raised and to raise our children better if if you have children or just to be a better person in general if you don't have children. So I polled Instagram and Facebook and a couple of my friends and kind of got an idea on what kind of generational curses they were looking to break and here were some of the responses that i received money management and building wealth so they want to be better in financial knowledge and understanding than their parents and their grandparents and so forth were Having an open conversation And exposing family secrets around family to better themselves, not to bring the family down or not to shade the family, so to speak, but to build the family up, to get out in the open, what's bothering them, what's causing issues and to repair. Also, uh, again, kind of making better financial choices. We'll touch uh, more on some of these points as well. Alcoholism was one of them sex addiction. Now, sex addiction, I I don't know if it's rare, but it's rare for me to hear. I think it's rare for us to hear, but there's a lot of people that actually struggle with that. And then another one I have is anger. A lot of people have built up anger in them from stemming from their childhood. And most people don't think that that's a generational curse that's passed down. But Anger can definitely be something that you've seen in your childhood and that is passed down to you or can be passed down to you if you choose to let it take control of your life. And ultimately, you can pass it down to your children as well. And that's a huge one. And we'll make sure we definitely touch on that as well. So there are a, a lot of different things that we as people struggle with. So, Jennifer. Mm hmm. I know you have some generational curses that you're looking to break as well as I do. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the biggest generational curse that you're looking to break and not pass down to our kids?
1: I would say um, giving our children and, and giving our family, showing our family unconditional love. And um, it was interesting because I, I I know you you pulled Instagram and and, um, and social media and so did I and that was one of um, one of the ones that came back uh, or, or you know one of the listeners posted about conditional love. Another was effective communication financial, illiteracy, and harbing, harboring anger, and to be honest, all of those I can really relate to, and none of those is something that I would really want to pass down to our children.
0: Now, we, when you say unconditional love,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you mean in loving someone, loving your children more specifically, yeah. without any stipulation?
1: Yeah, definitely. What, you know, the household I grew up in, we... We loved, but if you did something to wrong that person or you did something to, um, disappoint someone or disgrace the family or, or what have you, then their love, the level of their love was based around that. They didn't love you as much or they withdrew some of that love Uh and, um, That I mean, it proved to be very hurtful, and as a kid, you don't really know any different. You know, you grow up thinking that that's the way to love. Oh, okay, I did something bad, so um, that's why you know mom doesn't love me the same, or that's why dad didn't say he loved me today, or what have you, or you know, I I I, I didn't do well today, so that's why, or so it it wasn't like a
0: it wasn't tough love. This was you didn't do something that I like mm-hmm. or you didn't do something you were supposed to do that I was expecting you to do. You disappointed me. Yeah. And now because you disappointed me, you know, this has to happen. Yeah. Or I mean, it is. I,
1: I think, and, and honestly, obviously our parents, you know, give us what they have and they can't give us what they don't have. Right. And so I, I grew up thinking that if, you know, I had to abide by certain rules and regulations to mm-hmm. earn a certain type or a certain level of love. And what ended up happening was I went through life trying to gain that affirmation
0: from somewhere from else.
1: somewhere else, you know, because the affirmation I was looking for from my parents, I wasn't receiving and I didn't get and it was conditional.
0: So you kind of went searching for more so and like. Men and relationships yeah, as well men
1: like that. and friendships, you know, broken friendships, um, you know, companions, work relations, all of it. It was always affirmation. It was about how how well I did or if someone didn't, you know, um, reaffirm me. Uh, then I would feel some type of way about myself or, you know, feel a little discouraged. And, you know, I think that's why I put so much pressure on myself to perform the way I did and to, um, to pursue, you know, dreams and aspirations of, you know, above anyone's expectation of myself. It was always to prove something to someone. And I, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to do that to our children. I want our children to understand that what they do is enough. You know, we do push them to be the best that they can be, and we want them to be successful people. And we do everything in our power, you know, to ensure that their success is attainable. But at the same time, we have to understand that they also will fail. And just because we're parents doesn't mean that we won't fail either, Uh you know. And even in that failure, they are great. And I didn't receive that. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to do something different within our family. And, and, and curses are hard to break because they become culture and they become customs. And so they're so ingrained in you that when you do have your own family family, you can see it kind of seep out. You can see those things, you know, start to come out in different areas or different ways. And
0: I think sometimes some, you know, most people don't recognize something as a, as a generational curse. I think a lot of times we just like, oh, that's just who I am. Yeah. We We kind of brush it off on that's just or who how, I am or
1: how it's always been.
0: Right. But not realizing that, you know what, this isn't normal. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I learned about myself over the past few years and going through, you know, premarital counseling and, and just talking with, um, you know, my mentor and, you know, you and I having conversation Mm -hmm. and, and, and just kind of putting things on the table is that a lot of things that. I'm thinking or looking at it like it's just a normality Mm -hmm. because that's what I grew up in, really kind of realizing like this isn't normal. Mm -hmm. Like, so for instance, my household growing up as a kid was very dysfunctional. And because I grew up in that dysfunction, it became a normality for me. Mm -hmm. So it was normal for me to hear arguing. And hear yelling and cursing and all the other stuff that comes with it that was normal Mm -hmm. and so I kind of became cold like I became numb to the foolishness Mm -hmm. became numb to the dysfunction so whereas other people look at it and be like you did what that's what you and I'm like I'm numb to it yeah but to me it's normal to other people it's abnormal it's they're they're looking at me like I'm crazy and I'm like well that's normal until I started looking at it from a different view I became an adult and I started looking at it from a different view and then when I became a parent I really started seeing things differently I remember one time you and I got into an argument when mm-hmm. Tyson was about maybe about what a, a, a little over a year mm-hmm. he might have been about eighteen Just the months of one.
1: yeah probably.
0: he might have been about right yeah like like a year and a half
1: yeah
0: and We were in the kitchen, and I don't even know what we got into it about, but we got into it, and we started yelling at each other. Instantly, Tyson looked at us like both of us were crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, why are y'all yelling? Yeah. And I remember both of us looking at each other, and we stopped.
1: Yeah. We We stopped,
0: and we we went our
1: ways. We went our
0: ways, but when we came back together, we talked about how we would never do, do that.
1: that
0: again yeah we we I remember we used to talk about it before um that we would never argue in front of our kids yeah. we would never yell in front of our kids not the not to paint a uh, a perception that everything is perfect
1: because it's not
0: no we know it's definitely okay. not it's definitely not but at the same time like I think because I saw it growing up and you saw it growing up we both kind of mutually agreed before we even had kids before we even got married that yeah. we weren't going to do that and then we found ourselves doing that And then I think once we saw Tyson's face and and the look on his face of confusion And and, and disappointment, We yeah. both look like, okay, we're going to never do this again.
1: Right. And I think to that point though, you know, growing up in a, in, in, a household of dysfunction, because I too, you know, came from that type of background. It's not that you can't have an argument. Like it's not like it's, it's a, a sin to, to argue or have there, a disagreement. A like, way to do it. It's, it's, it's not that, I mean, it's perfectly normal for married couples or in a relationship, you know, couples period in general to to disagree and to argue and it's okay to be angry about something but it's how we do it and how we handle it and how we assess it and come back to it you know where's the resolve in it because we're also used to you know both of us are used to leaving dysfunction dysfunction so you have an argument and you never fix it you never resolve it you you harbor that anger You hold that against that person and it repeats itself,
0: which is, you know, which is a good segue to one of the bigger issues that most people said. And I think it's one of my generational curses as well, which is anger. There's a lot of people in my family that have some anger issues about them, including me. And, you know, that's something that I'm continuously working on. I'm trying to break that cycle because I don't want to pass that down to our children. Um, I think it's very important that, first of all, it's recognized that this is not normal. This is a generational curse. And then to seek the proper treatment or help for whatever you deem your generational curse, yeah. which in my, and, and this is not my only one, but this is one of the major ones, which is anger. And so I do think that because I've recognized it and I've made it known, that now I can start to do the proper work to break that cycle to break that vicious cycle. Um,
1: what, you know, what about anger though do you see in yourself that you have, that has, has been ingrained? Like what, what about, what,
0: what well harboring anger? Like I I think, I think that was one of the, that was one of the things you just touched on harboring anger. Like when we get, into a disagreement or a heated discussion or whatever if I'm mad if you if you piss me off and I've gone to that point where I'm mad
1: yeah you stay I mad.
0: hold those feelings I stay mad like I can't let yeah. it go and I recognize that that's something that should not be happening like I, I'm I'll be in the moment and I'm like yeah. why are you holding on to this anger and I'll even sometimes I'll be I'll even ask myself like why you holding on to this anger? It's been ten hours and you're still pissed off. She made you mad in the morning and it's seven o'clock at night and yeah. you're still mad. And I know that's something that really gets on your nerve. And, and just it as, does. just but but just as much as it gets on your nerve, it gets on my nerve too.
1: Yeah.
0: Like like I really want to come out of being mad, but I just can't in that moment. And I I think I've gotten better. But I still got a long ways to go. Yeah,
1: And I think it's just one of those things that you have to really be intentional about working through yourself. You have to own that issue. You know, whatever that is, you have to admit that, you know, just don't don't be so quick to get offended. If your partner helps you to acknowledge it, because that's what you got a partner for. Right. You know, we're supposed to have a help meet,, Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think in that sometimes we get offended, especially when stuff start hitting home and you know that you're guilty of certain things. You know, just don't, you know, try not to be so quickly to be offended, but to be open enough to acknowledge that it may be an issue, even if you don't agree. And then work toward trying to figure out how to fix it. You know, um, I think you mentioned that you're going to seek counseling for that. And I I thought that would be a great thing, you know, seeking therapy for you to do that because in itself, you know, in our situation, we have children and, you know, already that we see in our, our eldest son that sometimes his emotions tend to take over situations and we're trying to help him understand how to deal with anger in a healthy way. But if we're not doing it, you know, then we can't expect him to do it. So I think that's you know that that's one also that um, doesn't just hurt you, but it really it, it really can cripple your future in the moment and you know those around you.
0: I mean, so. I, I I agree with that. I, I I certainly agree with that. And not not only can it cripple that, but it also can cripple like the day. Yeah because it has it has especially for us when Mm -hmm. we when we've gotten into it we woke up we maybe we had plans we were going to do x y and z today but maybe we get into a disagreement that morning and the rest of the day is screwed because i'm pissed off and i'm mad and i'm in my feelings the entire day and more than likely it spills into the next day which is a whole nother topic on why I need to get a hold of myself and to work on my anger and harboring these, uh, these feelings because it spills into the next day and you yeah. go to bed angry. And I, I don't like, I don't like doing that. I don't believe in it, but do I do it? Yeah, yes, like I do to. it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: That. And, you know, to your point, you know, another one, you know, that goes hand in hand in that is that if you are angry, okay, it's all right to be angry. But another, you know. You know, curse that a lot of us have as a um, as as a result of being angry is ineffective communication. You know, like how do you communicate through your anger? Do you talk through it? You know, um, most people don't do know you, how to do it. Well, well, that's what I'm or, saying. So
0: or or you or you don't want to put your pride aside to do to,
1: that. D- to do that. But Especially there's no men. talking. So you know, household I grew up in is that you you know you were upset with someone, but... You know where where is the honesty? When when do you come and say, hey, this is this is what hurt my feelings today. Um, this is what I didn't appreciate you saying today. Um, I I didn't appreciate how you how you you know handled this situation or how you came at me or whatever the case may be. And you know, touching those sensitive subjects. So if if it is something in the family that has happened, or you know, like you said earlier, not to shame the family, but if it is something, then you know, let's talk about it. Why can't we be open about touchy issues? You know, that's what family's for, right? We're supposed to be able to address these things, handle them accordingly, and then move on, you know, based on the resolve that we find. But, you know, if we can't talk, if you can't talk to your family, then who who do you talk talk to?
0: Right. And, and I mean, and, and again, that was one of, that was one of the things one of our listeners said to us was that open conversation, and putting those family secrets on the table. Yeah. It's I think it's very important to have that open conversation, especially when it comes to parents and their children, because if you don't have that open conversation, then I don't know where this stuff is stemming from. Yeah. Like I most most of us can't really we I'm trying to think how to put it. We don't really know what our great grandparents were like.
1: Yeah. Most of us
0: don't even know what our grandparents were like. And I
1: like that you said that because we don't know what our parents went through as children as well. And I think that that's important for us to remember when we're talking about our childhood and we don't remember, you know, not necessarily the, the best things in it or we deem it dysfunctional, but to our parents, that was functional. Unfortunately, that whatever they dealt with, or however they dealt with uh, anger and, and certain things in the family, like that became functional for them. But Even it also was a different
0: time. That was that, the, we're talking true. about the 60s and the 70s that's and true. the 80s,
1: yeah,
0: versus yeah. the 90s and 2000s, which
1: you have to keep in mind, which is
0: when we grew up,
1: totally different generation totally different generation so back then you know our moms could only give us what they were given and whatever that was that's what it was you know what I mean but it's it's up to it us can't give from you what now. they don't have exactly and I think you know for the longest we we held them to a standard in which they would never meet or they couldn't meet and, um, and that was
0: unfair to them it
1: was very unfair to them but it was also unfair to us too because we didn't allow ourselves the proper healing in that, so I think that's 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 important too. When you know you stop holding people, not just your parents, but holding people to a standard in which you know that they're not capable of meeting. You know that's I think
0: I think it's I, very important to have that open dialogue and conversation with your parents to get a feel for what you come from. Yeah. Essentially, your parents are going to be able to give you a better account on where you come from as far as, you know, your grandparents and your great grandparents. I don't know. I know a little bit about my grandparents, but I don't know a lot, but I know that I have their DNA and I know that I'm pretty sure some of the stuff that I do was passed down to me, which was passed down to my mom and my dad, which was passed down to me. Now can't say all of it, but I'm sure there's some things in there and I'm, and and it can be good and bad. I'm not, I'm not just saying just the generational curses, but there are some things that generationally I want to break before it gets to my children. And the biggest piece is just recognizing what that curse is and then taking the proper steps and procedures to break it. Yeah. I think a lot of times families hide things
1: Mm-hmm. about
0: their family and they try to keep it away from the kids and I'm sure their thinking is we're protecting the kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in a sense you are protecting the kids. I'm not yeah. saying that you're not protecting the kids but what I am saying is that if they don't know that grandma was bipolar
1: yeah,
0: and they don't know that Uncle Johnny was bipolar then they don't know that what they're feeling or what they're experiencing may be bipolarism.
1: Yeah. I think I think, you know, to to that point, uh, just being I think that really depends on how comfortable to our parents are within themselves. And you have to think about that too. There are certain things that are just pain points and things that are very painful to them that they're not really, they're not willing and not ready to face yet. Right. And unfortunately that doesn't have a time limit on it. So in that, in itself, all we can do is choose moving forward to educate our children on what their grandparents are like, and you know, and where you know certain things come from, and their strengths and their weaknesses in that, and for us to recognize it, see it, and to also talk to it, you know. Um, so, so I think that that really, honestly, just comes. That's situational. It comes with time and ownership.
0: So we talked about the lack of openness uh, in conversation with both sides of our family, with your family um, not really being open mm-hmm. and my family not really being open to have these very tough and um, uncomfortable conversations in right. regards to childhood, in regards to our you know family secrets and all that other good stuff. How are how are how do you think you're preparing to discuss, you know, your childhood and the things that you were exposed to with our children in hopes of preventing them from you know, possibly picking up some of our bad habits or mm-hmm. starting their own generational curses?
1: Yeah, I think while they're so young that my intent is to show them. You know, to be an an example. So, you know, be intentional about understanding that I have eyes on me. So how I deal with anger or how I deal with certain handle uh, certain issues or, um, you know, failures, successes, different things like that. You know, just to be in tune with how I'm dealing with it so that when. I'm I'm forced to explain it to them Or they see it That I can openly Talk to them about it So to be honest about Who I am and where I came from And where I'm going And you know let, Let them know that it's okay To be unapologetically you It's okay to make a mistake It's okay to fail It's okay to be angry It's okay not to feel the best But it's also okay to be great At everything that you aspire to do and touch. And um, I think that that's, you know, the best teacher. You know, we always say, you know, do as I say, not as I do. No, you know, children, children don't do that. They are, they are guaranteed to do what you do. (laughs) And not so much as what you say.
0: I think you do a very good job at helping Tyson talk through his emotions yeah. and, you know, explaining things to him. And I think because he has your personality, yes. it's easier for you to identify it and to talk through it. Whereas I'm a total opposite. Ace more so has my mentality yes, you, and my, yeah. and my, um, thought process. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to talk through the emotions. Right. I don't know how to work through the emotions. And but, I, And again, I didn't come from an emotional household. Like right. I came from a very cold stern household so it was like hey you don't have time to cry and be mm-hmm. your it feelings is what it is. we gotta move we, yeah. we got we got stuff to but do I,
1: but to that point you know I, I i appreciate you acknowledging that tyson challenges me to be a better better mom he challenges me to be a better me because helping him with his emotions also helps me to talk through mine and for me to help him deal with his emotions is some things that I you know sometimes I wish I would have had that too as a child but of course I didn't you know we didn't have that and we can't go back but going forward I can help him to understand what's going on and then as a result help you too you know as his dad you know not being so So emotional to understand your child because they're going to have different needs. But I think you do a great job as well at trying to understand him. So at the end of the day, you know, you're you're committed to getting to know Tice as a child and getting to know his personality for who he is and who he's evolving, you know, to be. And and as a result, like you said, Ace has more of your personality. So. It's going to be, I can see it could be a challenge for me, but I'm Mm -hmm. ready to accept that challenge because I realize each one of our children requires something different and they are individually great, you know, in, in, in being their perspective selves. So
0: indeed. Well, again, thank you all so much for listening to part one of Generational Curses. Uh, We will have a part two next week where we take a deep dive into money management and wealth building and finances uh, as generational curses that we all are looking to break. And I'm sure most of us can agree that we all want to be and do better than our parents and our grandparents have. So, you know, how do we work through that? How do we recognize that? And, you know, how do we get to start a uh, a different chain of events for ourselves and for our kids as mm-hmm. well and break those uh, generational curses for lack of understanding and education and finances? So, again, you can find me at. Um, on IG at Von underscore tough. That's V-O-N underscore T-U-F-F. You can also hit us up on the Chameleon Love Podcast uh, IG page which is at Chameleon Love Podcast. That's at Chameleon Love Podcast. Uh, send us a DM. Drop us a line on what generation of curses that you are trying to break and We will definitely respond to you and possibly use the example, um, of course, leaving your name out. It would be in in confidence, but um, we would love to share what we've received from our listeners.
1: Yeah. So and you can find me on uh, Instagram as Jenny Grind.
0: Again, tune in next week for the part two of Generational Curses. Again, thank you for rocking with us and you're listening to Chameleon Chameleon Love. Love.